Today on The Breakdown, it's a hand with players. They're playing poker. They're guys who are actually very, very successful. Millions of dollars have been won lifetime with these guys. Matthias Eibinger, you've never heard of him probably, but he's got over $10 million in live earnings. Heinrich Hecklin, you probably never heard of him either, but $4 million in live earnings. These guys are legit. They play high rollers, and they play a highly advanced hand against each other where things happen that are going to rock your freaking world. <laughs> That's right. We're not over-promising. There's, there's going to be deliverance with this one. You're gonna, this is the time when finally the opening will have correctly, you, at the end, you'll be like, that's what I that's what I was promised. This hand is going to change you. <laughs> Morph you into something greater, into a different being that understands and feels the world <laughs> instead of just walks within it. Well, you'll understand what I mean when we get there and we're getting there right now on the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levin. <laughs> That's good. Just under promise, over deliver. I don't feel it's right to set expectations too high. So I don't. Yeah. You set them low. You're just saying basically like if you have no money and you listen to this podcast, <laughs> then you will have a lot of money. Yeah. Or like if you're short and you want to be tall, by the end of this podcast, you will be tall. Conversely, if you're tall and you'd like to be short, you can have that as well. Yeah. But that's not because... But, and these are promises. Yeah, no, these are Jonathan these, Levy. Approved. I wouldn't call them promises. I would call them rock guarantees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a little different. A promise can be broken. A promise is something a more of a hope, a wish, ah. an intention. Yeah. A guarantee is a physical law, <laughs> right? That's what <laughs> I, that's I don't what think a guarantee is a physical <laughs> law. <laughs> it's a physical freaking law. It's, it's, uh, it's like gravity. Ah. You know, gravity is a guarantee. It's not, it's not a, an opinion. And ditto with you being shorter if you want to be shorter by the end of this show. You will be. You will be. (laughs) You're not rich enough? Well, here's your chance. Get rich right now. Listen to this podcast. It's easy. Yeah. Maybe maybe I should just promise more stuff at the beginning of the show or guarantee more stuff. Yeah, you definitely didn't guarantee enough for this one. I know. I just talked about what, like, you have a better sense of being in the world or like something. He'd, uh, like, you'd be just metaphysically improved in every way. Yeah. Like, who cares? I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's go for... Superman, you know, let's go for like, you will be able to dunk a basketball by the end of this show. Yeah. Yeah. You want to live forever? You're welcome. Yeah. Here you go. Eternity. Enjoy. Yeah. It's not as good as it sounds. No, it's actually kind of a monkey's paw situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Many things are. Many things are flying. You think flying's great? Is it though? No. No, it's not. You know how dirty you're going to get up there? You're going to hate it. <laughs> Is it dirty? The birds are disgusting. But they're above us. They're, yeah, they're shitting right on you. That's what they're doing. And they're, di- they're trying to hit you. Fucking birds. <laughs> <laughs> birds are. How about planes? What about them? Do you ever think about flying into a plane? <laughs> okay, but here, hear me out. Okay. Do you actually believe that planes fly? Or do you think that there are projections on the sky when we're on the earth? And when we get into a plane, it's a simulation. Wow. Think about that. Wow. You're really taking me somewhere. Yeah. I think I've proven my point. What a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing is, if we fly, we'll know if planes are in the air, though. We'll actually be able to verify for the first time whether they are or not. So that'll be. Oh, if we're flying like as humans. As human beings. Like 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 jumping off the ground. Sky swimming. 
Sky swimming, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, for example, you're about to listen to this, this particular episode of this podcast. Yeah. And you, uh, you think to yourself, what I want is to fly. Yeah. Which is what you have to think before, you know, you start. Otherwise, every podcast starts with a wish. <laughs> <laughs> and then you listen to the show. And then, of course, you can do it at the end of the show, whatever your wish is. So then you fly like a bird, like Superman, like Wonder Woman in the second Wonder Woman movie, which was... Not good. It was awful. Yeah. Worse than the first one, which, you know. Significantly worse. Yeah. Which, again. Is a feat. It's not like the bar was that high to clear it. <laughs> very much not clear. Yeah. Um, but she gets to fly. Remember that? Yeah. That flying scene? And it's so, just because she had to try. It was. I don't remember. Something I, I turned it. it off. Honestly, I turned it off about a half hour in because it was so bad. But the point is, you too, if you made that intention, that wish, you too will fly like Wonder Woman. Congratulations to all of you. And then you will verify if there are planes or not. Yeah. And, and if there are, by the way, back to my thing, dirty air, flying into planes, propellers. Do you even think about this stuff? The I'm, smells? I mean, of course, that's not what's going to happen. It's going to be like the Truman Show, except more advanced. It's not like it's not going to be like a concrete dome that you run into the concrete. You're going to run into like this gigantic digital screen that like you projects really, everything. You really don't believe in anything, do you? What is there to believe in when you live in the dome, man? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the other thing about flying in terms of dirtiness. I just yeah, gotta, dirtiness gotta make sure we talk yeah. about this. Yeah, for please. <laughs> just, just for a second. So, you know, on planes, when you go to the bathroom, all the time, everyone knows that the planes don't like keep your poo and pee in there. No, of course they I don't. Mean, <laughs> <laughs> so they, you know, when you pee, it just goes right at the bottom. You know? <laughs> just immediately, there's just a hole. So, if you're flying, <laughs> you're going to be the first line of defense for everybody. You know, you're going to capture all of that yeah. all the way. And that's, that's not good. So I'm just saying, maybe adjust your... Maybe don't fly. <laughs> maybe you want something else for once in your life. Like, I don't know, a good job. Someone who loves you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we get into the poker, one more thing yeah. about all of this nonsense. Okay. Eternity. Eternal life. Sure. Um, if given the choice, mm. you get to retain your current physical form. Okay. Do you pick eternal life or 10,000 years of life? Ah, cool question. Jeez. Uh, the, okay, I have to pick now, which sucks. I'd love to be able to postpone. I'd love to start and be like halfway through it because <laughs> a lot can change yeah. in 5,000 years, you know? Uh, I think I would probably pick 10,000 years because it, it sounds like eternal life. We're, you know, it's one of the things where once you're stuck in that hole, you can't get out of that hole. Yeah, right? I mean, like so, eventually you're just going to be in a blank void, right? Forever. I don't know. But maybe you'd be with other people who maybe. are also eternal yeah. lovers. But even that, may you may want to strangle them at some point. Yeah. But you can't kill them. Yeah. So that's weird. Uh I think I take the 10,000 years, right? Yeah, now. I agree. But, you know, at, at year 9,999, I might be really upset about my choices. Yeah. Like, actually, the last 100 years may feel like it goes by in a flash and be very upsetting. Now, that, that might be upsetting, but I don't, it's tough to weigh that versus, like, the eternal pain of existence <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. with nothing going on. There's definitely a, a big school of thought out there that says, like, the fact that we know we die gives a lot of our happiness and sweetness in life, right? Because we yeah. appreciate things a little bit. No more way to know. Would. Um, we could just lie to some kid and tell them, like, you have, you have a newborn child. Raise her with the idea that she <laughs> yeah. will live forever and okay. see, if, see how she does emotionally. We could, we could know what it's like through a child's eyes, but no adult really believes that. Right, but when she's an adult... Yeah, she won't be exposed to anybody else. Homeschool her, man. Oh, okay. Is that so hard? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> yes, anyway. it is. Hey, we poker. did it. Yeah, poker now. Yep. 
All right, we did a Matthias Eibinger hand recently. I think it was an online hand from Pandemica Times. Okay. Which, uh, you know, are almost behind us here yeah. in the U.S., at least. Feeling, nice. feeling pretty good at the time of this recording. Loving it. Um, he's a good player. He's got $10 million in live earnings. Yeah. This is back in 2019, pre-Pandemica Times. Uh, they're playing a 250K buy-in. So that's a pretty hefty purchase to buy into a tournament. It's a rebuy, so, you know, that's... Jeez. You want to rebuy for 250K? Sounds great. I mean, if you have, if you're made of stupid amounts of money, yeah. it doesn't matter. But right? these like, guys are just pros, right? They're not made of stupid amounts of money. Right. I was just going to say, like, Matt Kirk, there's rumors anyway that Matt Kirk has like six, literally 66,000 Bitcoin. So yeah. you can just play these things and it doesn't matter, right. right? Yeah, I'll rebuy. Why not? I'm here. Also, I'll have another, you know, drink. Yeah. Because it's all the same to me. It all right. costs the same. Zero. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But um, for everyone else in the world, not everyone. For a lot of people in the world, yeah, 250K is just a uh, woo. But, you know, you have backers a lot of the time. Well, I'm decided, sure these, They've I'm, decided that you, you're rebuying probably. I'm sure these guys have backers. Yeah. Like, there are very few pros who can afford a 250K buy-in on their own and justify it. Like, maybe Bryn Kenny does it, but he probably shouldn't, right? He definitely should. Bankroll-wise. Of course he shouldn't. Right. Um, yeah, and to be clear, like, uh, like, the way to think about this is not... Can you afford to play a 250k buy-in? It's, can you afford to play the entire circuit of high rollers that you're yeah. hoping to play and like lose all of them? Because if you can't do that, then you can't afford to play a one 250k buy-in either, right? right? Not really. Either you're playing or you're not. If you're if you're at this level of, yeah. as a pro, yeah, I don't think I'll ever be playing a 250k. I don't think it's even that. I, I don't think it would interest me no. that much. I'd much rather just play the main event. It's there's right. more pomp and circumstance. It's more fun. Yeah, like. There's a lot of cool tournaments you could play. Like, is it 250? Maybe doing it once would be cool, I guess. But like, I don't know. It doesn't like it doesn't hold a whole lot of fascination to me personally. Oh, I want to uh, spend a quarter million dollars just go get fucking wrecked by Jason Kuhn and Christoph Vogel saying sounds great. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like I don't particularly love playing tournament poker anyway, especially like against good players where it's like you have to really focus the whole time. It's hard. I mean, if you. Remove the money from the scenario. It's way more fun to play against good players. Of course. But on a 250K buy-in, if I'm not Matt Kirk, or at least Matt Kirk, who we think is Matt Kirk, you know, Bitcoin Matt Kirk, uh, then, like, yeah, I I don't think that would be fun at all. Like, I think it would just be a tremendous amount of work. And now I'm paying them, basically, to work this hard. Like, what am I doing? Yep. I don't have a... I'm not plus EV against those guys. No, you're not. No, I'm not. No, you're not. Right. Ibinger and Hecklin are hoping that they are. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the whole hope. Well, with the moves that they make on this hand, Grant, maybe they just are ready. Maybe they're ready. Maybe they can fly to the sun. Maybe they can fly to the sun, Grant. Let's find out. Okay. All right. By the way, this was suggested by Let Me Win One. Hey, it's been a while. Yeah. Thanks for the suggestion. And, of course, included a video link and a timestamp in the old uh, Twitter feed. We, do, we are the poker guys. On Twitter. We always are. We always are, always have been, always will be. Eternally. We have not, we've not always have been, actually. We used to be hand of the week. It depends on how you view time, man. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, man. it does. However you view it, we used to be hand of the week. If I, if I say time began in the year 2017. But that doesn't make any sense. But I said it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, I guess there's two sides to every story. <laughs> well, we do want to be fair and balanced. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, one side is, is equally valid as the other side. Right. Right. Like, it's like that, that whole planes or projections thing. Yeah. yeah. Saying. I say they aren't. Okay. Yeah, it's 50, 50. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's why we are, need, that's why we need to fly at the end of the episode to find out who's right. Right. Who knows? It's 50, like, 50, like you win the tournament or you don't. So when you buy it, it's 50, right. 50. Right. All right. 
Let's find out who wins the tournament in this hand when there's 19 players remaining in, in the tournament. Okay. 45-player tournament, of course, very high buy-in. Ibinger is going to open the action. He min opens to 16K at the 8K big blind level from the button with Queen of Spades, 8 of Clubs. He's got 435K in front of him, so over 50 bigs. Feeling good, feeling fine. Yep. Uh, Heinrich Hecklin, who we've never seen on the breakdown before, and I don't think I'd heard of him. He's the kind of guy, that name really, I don't know about him, but he, that's the kind of name you yell at the end after the bad guy is like trapped you in a horrible way. Like, Hecklin! Like that. Like he's the bad guy? Yeah. Heinrich Hecklin is the bad guy. Heinrich Hecklin! Yeah, something like that. I don't feel like he's that kind of bad guy. I feel like he's more of a corporate bad guy. Like huh. he owns the corporation that's dumping the chemicals in the really? movie. I don't know if I agree with that, but I, you could talk me into he's like the um, the bad guy, or well, sort of bad guy, who was the head of the corporation in Breaking Bad who kills himself. Ah. Who like eats the chips. Just because that guy's himself. German? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also sort of like a bad guy a little bit, right? He's an, uh, a complicit bad guy. Well, I mean, he's been like, yeah. Yeah. He's not the, the protagonist bad guy. He's not, but he's, he is one of the ultimate bad guys. He's enabling. We just don't see it. He's enabling the scenario to happen. Yeah, he's like, he's the one profiting the most off yeah. of it, you know. So he's like the ultimate bad guy. Heinrich Hecklin. Heinrich Hecklin. <laughs> yeah. All right, he's in the big blind. He's got 382K, so just under 40 bigs, or excuse me, 50 bigs. He's got Jack 8 off. Yep. So a little worse than the Queen 8 of Ibinger. Jack of Spades, 8 of Hearts. He's going to call. Sure. Fine. 46K in the pot. Flop is nine of hearts, ten of hearts, six of diamonds. A little bit of something for everybody. Double gutter for uh, Ibinger and just a straight up open under for Hecklin. So a seven would be really good for Hecklin here. Yeah. Hecklin checks. Is there a good argument to lead this board? Oh, that's a fair question. Uh, there's a reasonable argument to lead this board. Like there's going to be a lot of checkbacks, I think, on this board. From our opponent, right? Yeah. I mean, they are opening the button, so they're much wider. So yeah. they hit this, they hit, their range hits this pretty well, too. It's a relatively range neutral board. Um, against the, with these ranges specifically, yeah. it was like middle position versus big blind. Yeah, button, so, but yeah. button good player versus big blind good yeah. player. It's pretty range neutral. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so less of an argument then as a result, I would say. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess not because of that. You know, I think if, if the person's uh, open like plus two, there's at least more of an argument. To sure. I think there's probably a better argument for check raising than leading. Yeah. Now, if they open plus two, maybe they're checking back too much to make that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this scenario, I think there's more of an argument for check raising than leading. Right. That's what you meant, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, do you think Ibinger should bet? Yes. He's double gutted. And when uh, the seven comes, for example, which would be bad for him, but of course he doesn't know that. It's going to be challenging to get action. It's a wet board anyway, which there's lots of reasons to bet there as well. I think you should bet. Yeah. We have queen high. We want to bet. I agree. He does. He bets 25K into the 46K. Cool. Fine. It's a wet board. I'm cool with that. Here's the big question. Should you raise now as Heinrich Hecklin? Okay. The only reason that it occurs to me that we shouldn't raise immediately is stack size is we're not super deep. I mean, we started with over 50 bigs. You're always asking for these incredible stack sizes that just we, don't we crop up. We didn't start with over 50 bigs, did we? Oh, almost 50 bigs, excuse me. Oh, well, that's very different. Uh, you're right, though. We started with, yeah, like 40 some. Oh, that's actually pretty good because he only bet 25, right? Yeah. So if we make it 70, for example, we're still going to have like 300K. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, 
mostly I want a check raise here. I think I do want a check raise. What do you think? Yeah. We have a heart in our hand, which I kind of like. That is good. We, we remove a lot of the three bets that are going to be semi-bluffs for my yeah. banger by having that heart. And some, and some of his auto calls. Right. You know? Like, what are the hands that Ibinger can three-bet us with, I guess, is question one, because that's a negative result, getting three-bet. Mm-hmm. It would be combo draws, nut flush draws, uh, two pair plus for made hands, right? I don't... Yeah, I'm not sure if he's doing it with two pair or not, but he could strongly consider it anything better than two pair. He's just yeah. gonna, like if he has a set, he's just going to three bet us on a lot this. of the time. It's like you got you got a set straight, you got a straight. Like I, I got equity, it's fine, right? There's not that much to worry about. Essentially, three betting us. Like if he has an over pair, he's just going to call. Yes, I think that's right. If he has ace ten, he's just going to call. It'd be surprising, yeah, if he did anything else with that. Right, so we can we can check raise and still realize our equity most of the time if Ibinger continues in the hand is basically the point that I'm getting mm-hmm. at here. I mean, is, realize our equity on the turn, but then we have we're out of position, so we're gonna have to continue. You know, have to bet the turn. Well, it depends on the card. There are some cards we'll bet, some cards we won't. Okay, yeah, but we can certainly realize. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean, we can realize our equity a whole lot cheaper by just calling. But your point is, we get the full equity along with yeah with our show. Right. So piece one is like we're not going to get three bet that often. That's yeah. a fa- in favor of check raising. Good. Piece two is the question of how much fold equity do we believe we have on a board like this against a range like Ibinger's. I mean, I think we have reasonable fold equity. Yeah, like we'll fold out. Do you think Ibinger is betting hands like Ace Jack? That's a great question. Uh, maybe if he has the Ace of Hearts in his hand. But and we will fold that hand out. I think so. Uh, what are the other hands he might bet that we can fold out? Okay. Uh, some, like, just whiffs he might, we might be able to fold out, like the king four suited to the world. Yeah. He might just bet fold because, like, you got to have some stuff. Some... I will acknowledge, though, as I'm saying it, or as you asked the question, really, which maybe you knew this already, but a lot of his hands are probably not going to be able to fold right away, right? Yeah. Like, if he's got a 10, he's not folding. If he's got a 9, he's not folding. He's got a six. He's probably not folding. He might even check back a six and a nine yeah. sometimes, but whatever. But if he bet them, he's probably has to feel like he has to call on this board. Um, he definitely has some parent straight draws. Obviously, he's not folding those. Uh, a lot of his hands are overs with a straight draw. He's probably folding hands like king queen, but not necessarily. Yeah, king queen, king jack. I think he's folding. Uh, if he's got the king of hearts, he's probably calling. Maybe it's close. To have overs and a gutter, you think he's just going to throw it away? I think it's a little too good to, to just Yeah, fold. if it's just 70K that we're making it, I suppose, he'll probably yeah. call with King, Queen, and King, Jack. I think he just has to. Yeah. And, like, you know, sometimes the Jack comes, and you're like, okay, I guess I can't fold now. I got top pair. Yeah. Hope I'm not dead. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that's just how they play now. So are you kind of talking yourself out of a check raise with this? I'm a little concerned that, that we don't have enough fold equity now that we're talking about it. Yeah. If we can fold out a six... That would be great. A, I don't know if a six is betting. B, I don't know if we can fold it out. We definitely can't fold out six, seven, or six, eight. No. Um, we can probably fold out a six, but I don't know if that's betting, like you're saying. Yeah. King six suited. Yeah. Maybe king six off even. Maybe. But again, he might just check those right back on, yeah. a, wet, on a board this wet. A wet yeah. this board. Yeah, I think the fold equity piece is, is leading me to also believe that calling is better than check raising. We just don't have enough of the fold equity. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, it's at least relatively cheap. It's not too pricey. I mean, he bet more than half the pot, but it's fine. It's, it's three blinds, right? Like, we can call. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it's tricky because since we're out of position, all these things are weird. Like, a seven comes, usually that's an action killer. Yeah, we're going to lose a lot of action against his range when a seven comes, not right. against his actual hand. A queen coming is like a, 
pretty much a dream scenario because then we could be up against a pretty good top pair and have a straight. Yeah. Now we think a jack is good for us. Turns out it's good for our opponent, but whatever. Yeah. Um, but the point is being out of position just makes the whole thing harder, right? Like if we get to get value to bluff, to do anything, it's just always hard to check call out of position and then take an aggressive action later. We have less opportunities to do that usually. Let me explore something that is immediately stupid, but I want to explore it anyway. Okay, let's it see. Feels, it feels stupid. Yeah. I think a big value in check raising here is being able to take the initiative because check calling, we have to fold on so many turns if he keeps going mm. with, a, with a hand like jack eight, which kind of is kind of like a, a shame, you know? Yeah. Like, if he bets 60K on the turn and it's a deuce of clubs, we just probably have to fold, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. Or check raise then, which is weird. Yeah. Um, what about min raising? Just to take the initiative away. Huh. And, like, we don't have necessarily that much fold equity still, but we're charging ourselves the least, and we get the initiative. We get to sometimes barrel the turn and get him to fold. That's interesting. I have a different idea, but that also might accomplish the same thing. Okay. It might be better. Okay. I'm wondering. What if we call and then lead? Hmm. Uh, not on every turn, but on lots and lots. Okay. Like our intention is to lead most turns instead of normally it'd be like, I might lead a few turns, right? Um, like if, you know, if the nine pairs we would lead, something like yeah. that. But now it could be like, well, if any card pairs and actually any non-scary card, an ace we're not going to lead, maybe not a king, but like kind of everything else we're just going to lead. It's interesting. What if we did that? Uh, that way we, we get to see the card which is kind of awesome because sometimes we may make the nuts and we're like, well, let's check the queen and let him bet. You know, maybe we'll decide to, you know, maybe that'll be cool for us sometimes. Uh, it's just, it's a weird line anyway, which throws people off. And the, if the board is still at least range neutral or even a little better than that for us, then cool. Yeah, the only problem I have with that versus the min raise is yeah. I know we've discounted the fold equity, but you're entirely removing the fold equity from the flop situation by calling, obviously. Right, but I'm picking it right back up on the turn, am I not? But by leading well, the it turn? depends what the turn is. Right. Well, there's a few cards we're not going to bet. Right. But our, bet. but our opponent is like, no matter what, our opponent is more likely to have a hand on the turn than the flop. Because of the extra card. Yeah. That is true. But sometimes the turn card is actually going to make it so they're less interested in continuing. Right. If they have like pocket force and they bet once just to deny equity and we call and then, although either way, we're going to get the pocket yeah, force to fold. He's probably going to fold to a min raise with pocket yeah, force. Yeah. You know what? That's totally true. Yeah. So never mind. That's a bad point. Yeah. Um, you are correct. There's a, like, we, we give the person, also, other draws can come in this way, like hearts yeah. can come in. By the way, we'd definitely be leading hearts with an eight of hearts in our hand. Yeah. All hearts, if, if we're going to lead. Right. Um, I think both are kind of interesting and weird ideas. I don't hate either one. I, they maybe both be bad. I think they're probably both bad. But I'm not sure that they're bad. Let's talk about why they're bad. Go. I think with the min raise you remove a lot of the value of the raise, which initially the reason we didn't like the raise was because we, we didn't have fold equity yeah. as much as we thought we would like against our perce- our perception of Ibinger's range. We remove the majority of that by min raising. Like mm-hmm. we have the least fold equity, equity we can possibly have by min raising. Right. Yeah. Also we're, we're trying to make sure uh, we can like take it, take it, uh, the initiative and not get blown off the hand on the turn. But like Ibringer is not always betting the turn. Also, like if we just call, it's going to go check, check a lot. Yeah. So then we get to get to the river very inexpensively, and we could bluff if we want to. Yeah. So we lose all of that, and instead we're charge ourselves more now, and sometimes we're not even going to get to see the turn by doing it that way. Yeah. So those those things all suck. Yeah. Um. Still, it's interesting and weird. And I like weird. I know you like weird. Interesting and weird too. is good when you have thought behind it and it's against good players. And if it's something they haven't seen, at least for a while, from a player that they consider good, you know, then if you can fuck with these guys, it's got to be good. Yeah. 
So, okay, so that was the min raise. I still think you're right, though, that a min raise is probably not what we want to do, even yeah. though I said all those things. All right, let's do the same thing with the uh, call lead idea. My, my first concern is that we're less likely to get him to fold because there's a fourth card, and he has more hands that can make good hands. Uh-huh. That's my biggest concern with that. Okay. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I also think we're telling a strange story that might not get that many folds out of any made hand. Well, we would definitely need to balance this with some call leads. Like maybe we also lead when we actually do make our straights. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Maybe we hit our jack and we have top pair. We can lead with that as well. So we have some strong hands. It's a weird hand to lead with when you hit the jack. Top pair? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's, there's probably a fair amount of checkbacks in our opponent's yeah. range there. So by leading, it, it seems okay. We're rarely going to get raised. True. So... Seems okay to me. The problem, the this is a problem with any sort of weird plan against yeah. a thinking player is you always wonder, especially when you end up not having it with your weird plan, if they're going to react in an I aggressive know. way because they are like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to raise. And they just like take a hand that they would have not taken an aggressive action with and blow you off the hand. Yes. Um, that happens a little, but I don't think it happens very often, even against like good players. Probably there's, not. There's like... I think it can be a little bit of monsters under the bed syndrome if you let it be. You know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like where it, it stifles us because we're so afraid of that outcome that an outcome that is probably going to happen 5% of the time we, we do this kind of a thing. That means the other 95% of the time we don't get that outcome, that's probably enough. You know, if we get outplayed 5% of the time when we were bluffing anyway, so be it. Yeah. As my guess. Yeah. I'm just making up those numbers, though, 95.5. But it feels like it happens, it happens a lot more in my head than in real life with those kinds of things. You know? Like, even you, you're the kind of guy who will totally do that sometimes, yes. right? But how often do you really do it when people make a weird play? Do you do it, like, what percentage? And I'm sure you do it a lot more than most people. Like, what would well, you guess? to be fair to your question, most of the time I'm doing it, I'm doing it against a bad player. And mm. I have a very good idea of what the type of hands they're yes. doing it with. And it's like, oh, it's medium strength. Find out where you are hands. So I'm going to show if you it's, that. If it's a competent out. player, I'm not going to attack these weird lines as often because I'm going to yeah. be like, this is a little scary. Right. It's yeah. like, what is he doing? He knows that I'm going to attack this yeah. some of the time. So why? Like if Wonka does some weird play, you can attack it, but it usually doesn't mean what it looks like it means with the bad right. players. Right. And that's, that's your point. So yeah. So that's kind of good. Yeah. Right. Maybe we should remember this. This is like, I feel like this is an important point, actually. Like, it's so easy to like, not, it's when you, if, if the other person's giving you credit, if your opponent's giving you credit, they're not going to pull the trigger on weird stuff as much as we think when they see weird stuff. Yeah. Because they're like, why are you doing this? Right. That's true. That's probably true. I've done so many like weird little bets and stuff trying to induce. And it's not that it's never worked, but it's worked at such a lower level than I've always wanted it to. Yeah, that, it only really works against the guys who are like bad in the spazzy ways. They're like angry players. Yeah. The good players, it like never works. I like do the tiny bet. I'm like, they have to raise and they just call. Yeah. Or they make a tight fold or something. It's like, come on, man. How do you do that? Like they just do it over and over and over again. Yeah. So maybe that's just a good thing to know, like for ourselves and everyone listening, like, it's okay to make these these fancy plays are often they're not going to just play back at us nearly as much as we think. We should, we can generally give them credit that they really have it when they do. So like you're trying probably, to make everybody use fancy play syndrome all the time? I'm saying we can be a little more fancy than than we otherwise might let ourselves the be. The Bryn yes. Kenny philosophy in style and in poker. Exactly. I want to dress like Bryn Kenny, I want to play like Bryn Kenny, I want to think like Bryn Kenny, and most importantly I want to eat like Bryn Kenny. I want to drink like Bryn Kenny. Huh? You know, really expensive whiskey. Well, I want to eat like Bryn Kenny, like fingernails and, you know, croquet. <laughs> what? 
what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Fingernails. Is it just like a... <laughs> Is your brain just like uh, like one of those bingo things that makes the number come up and just words come up and is whatever word comes up, you just say it? Well, interestingly enough, in that one, half and half. Fingernails was the plan the whole time. Croquet, no idea until it <laughs> popped right up like the ball. You know, the air thing yeah. popped that ball up and it was, I, I flipped it over and it said croquet. And so I said croquet. It didn't really, croquet didn't make any sense. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> but I feel like fingernails is fine. It's weird. Yeah, but fine. Like, Brink Kenny might eat his fingernails or other people's fingernails. Probably other people's. <laughs> <laughs> is that slander? Is it? I don't know. I don't know either. Um, I didn't say he did. I said he might. I said he probably did. <laughs> <laughs> probable could be any, any percentage, though. That could be 1%. Probable, probably. Doesn't that mean 51% or higher? It implies it, but I don't know if it means it in a court of law. And Brent Kenny, if you're listening and your lawyer's listening, you know, keep that in mind. That's my defense. I'll be saying that. So you're just going to tell them your defense before you... Yeah, defend. it's okay. You got to do that anyway in discovery and whatever, where you have those like pre, dis, pre-trial depo- that's, that's depositions, just, depositions. No, discovery. You're right about discovery. But no, no, well, discovery is where you're passing over the evidence. Yeah. Depositions where you actually basically try the case in front of each other effectively you know you ask all the questions and all that so you you share all the information and everyone can see like what the cases are yeah like it's, there's no surprises in a trial they just pretend that they are on tv i don't know that glove didn't fit that was surprising that was a big mistake yeah big mistake anyway all yeah. of that leading to <laughs> sorry Brent. i was just kidding <laughs> i don't think you eat other people's fingernails <laughs> So Hecklin just calls with the Jack 8, and I think we Ooh. ultimately conclude that we like that play the best, most likely. Yeah, I think so. But I'm still curious about the, the call lead. Well, we don't know if he's going to do that or not yet. Oh, yeah. We yeah, sure he's, don't. He's not. All right, so there's yeah. 96K in the pot now. Nitrogen Sports is where I am thinking of. I'm thinking all about it. Okay, I'm, why? Because of... Palm trees and cigarettes, my man. (laughs) So palm trees was the one that came from normal place. Yeah. And cigarettes came from the hopper. I already had the picture of palm trees and I was like luxury. And then somehow I got to cigarettes. Cigarettes are luxury now. I thought of like like people smoking cigars, but that's too too easy to say. But cigars are are symbolic of luxury where cigarettes are not. But it's not funny. So I had to go somewhere. So I, I put a little lev twist on it, and we got to cigarettes, and then I said it. This is an ad. For Nitrogen Sports, because it's luxurious. Yeah, especially if you use the link in the description of this podcast. Mm. That's Let, the most luxurious version. That's like a Cuban Nitrogen Sports link right it's, there. It's a king-size horsehair bed of <laughs> luxury, people. That sounds great. <laughs> Everybody wants that. They do. Horsehair beds are uh, the most expensive. Nitrogen Sports... Only virtual, so they have no actual beds. No, but that link would be expensive if you could put a price on that link. You can. Your life. <laughs> That's right. Uh, use the link. You get access to Poker Guys specials, which manifest every month as our Poker Guys tournament, the last Sunday of every month. Yeah. Always an overlay. Always a great thing to play. Yep. Of course, there's other poker to play. There's sports betting. There's casino games. Got to get on nitrogen. Get you some poker and some other stuff. It's like satin sheets. And, <laughs> you know, karate. No, come on. That's not good. Oh, good point. It's, it's, too, it's too literal. <laughs> that, yeah. Satin sheets and karate is too literal. <laughs> yeah. Those are two things everyone wants. Oh, well, there's literally 96,000 tournament chips in the pot. Okay. And that's actually not true. 
Because that implies that there's 96,000 individual chips, right? Yep. It sure does. So I lied. Yet again. Yeah. You are not a reliable reporter. Turn is the four of spades. Okay. That's true. Yeah. It is the nine of hearts, ten of hearts, six of diamonds, four of spades board. Jack eight for Hecklin. Ibinger with queen eight. So they both still have, you know, effectively the same type of hand. Open and earn a double gutter. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you want Hecklin to lead now on the four spades? That if we were going to lead, this feels like a good card to do it on, right? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's a fine card. It's not an excellent card. I don't feel like we have a lot of fold equity. I'll just say that right now on this board. Now, maybe that's just crazy because it's such a wet board. Doesn't he just feel like he has to call? Like if he's got anything, if we, if we lead. Well, maybe he has something like king five suited and he just folds. Right. Well, now he's just going to fold, right? Yeah. Instead of us sometimes losing. Right. We get to win a lot more. So that part's cool. Also, we get to set the price for the turn instead of letting him set it. Unless he raises. That is true. That is true. That would be bad. Yeah. But it's not going to raise that often, right? What do you raise with this hand? It's possible. The double gutters is definitely a candidate to raise when he blocks the nuts. Yeah. It's kind of a good one to raise with. Yeah. I kind of like it. Um, I don't know if he's raising with this hand or not, but this is a this is a pretty sweet one. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't matter. Hacklin's going to check. Oh. He's going to do the normal thing. Fine. All right. I think this is really close as to whether or not this is a turn card that Ibinger should continue yeah. on, the four of spades. If he continues, he's saying he has basically a 10 or better. Yes. I think that's right. I don't think he's betting a nine very often here. Yeah. It's a wet enough board. I guess it's possible that he could bet a nine here. Like Maybe ace nine. A good nine. nine. Maybe king nine. Maybe. King nine also. Maybe no nines, though. It's, un, it's, it's unclear. Because Hecklin can absolutely have a 10. He can, but that's fine. You, like, you can lose to the 10s, but charge the draws. That's, that's not so bad. Yeah. Um, and also get value, by the way, from worse 9s and maybe some other things, right? Um, well, if he's betting 9s, that's a pretty expansive value range, and I think he should bet his double gutter. I don't know if it's that expansive, but I think he should bet his double it gutter. It is too. definitely expansive, bro. It's uh, <laughs> straights, sets. He has... Probably all two pair combos except for 10-6 off. I'm going to guess mm. he has 9-6 off. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and then he's got all the over pairs and all the 10 and like big 10s. He really might not have 9-6 off, but your point is still yeah. the same, right? Okay. You're right. That's, that's a pretty big value range now that yeah. you say it. All the 10s. And we have few nines. Not, no showdown value against anything besides what Hecklin has, right? Besides his exact hand that Chuck called. Correct. Well, hearts, baby hearts. Okay, maybe baby hearts, but a lot of those have a four now. Yep, and some of them were check-raising anyway, Yeah, as we know, or going to take an aggressive action. Right. And by the way, would do it on the turn. Like, they're not probably not going to check-call the turn, so... I mean, we'd like to fold them out, I guess, but, you know. I think we should bet. Me too. But it, we're going to have to size it up if we bet, because we can't let the marginal hands be able to call because it's a wet board. I'm right? about like 65 and then 90, yeah. 96. That right. should be enough. We're like, I have ace 10. Yeah. I have jacks. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. I have a set. I have a straight. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I like that. He checks back. Yeah. Now what are we going to do? Now how are we going to win this pot? It's so much harder. I mean, we're going to make a hand. We're going to make a hand sometimes. That's fine. That could help. But don't you want to make a hand sometimes and also have the fold equity of the turn? Then you get, the, you get to add those percentages together and win a lot more. Yeah. So I prefer that, but okay. Here we are. It's okay to give up sometimes, too, of course. But we've got a reasonable, we have reasonable equity. All right. Are you guys ready for the life-changing events that yeah. will make you fly or get rich or whatever? Right. We haven't gotten that yet, but it's coming. Yeah. Right now. 
All right. So the board still reads 9-10-6-4 with two hearts. Hecklin's got jack eight for the open ender. Ibinger has queen eight for the double gutter. The river hits nobody. It is the king of clubs. Okay. I'm just going to tell you what starts happening here. React. Hecklin bets 10K in the 96K with jack high. It's fun. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's fun that so, it's happening. So he's betting one and a quarter blinds. <laughs> yes. Into 12 blinds. He's giving his opponent 10 to 1. He's giving his opponent 13 to 1. It's even better, right? No, it's, he's not. No, it's 10K to win 106K. You are correct. What you said. Yeah. Okay. 10 to 1. Still a pretty good price. Yeah. Okay. So what he's doing is he's trying to fold out draws that haven't beat. And ace highs and stuff like that. Maybe a six. Would at, you? Would you just? Flop, would you just kind of toss ten k in with ace high just because? Like, just be like, you know, it's not worth the chance that this guy's bluffing. I mean, you could, you could, but you could also just say, I mean, how often is he really bluffing for ten k? Ten to one. It's close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Um, the mathy players are going to call. The non mathy players are going to fold. That's what's going to happen. Most of these guys are mathy at this point. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Hecklin believes that he can get some folds with 10K, right? Yeah. Some of the time. Uh, he can fold out some hearts for he, sure. Now he has a heart in his hand. Let's talk about specific hand rank cards because okay. he's targeting only queen highs and ace highs. He might be targeting like a four sometimes, which, which bets the flop and checks back the turn. You're never folding out a four for, for 10K. 10K. No, you're, it seems unlikely. They really have, but they're not going to like it, right? You hate it because you're like, yeah. I mean, I'm beating nothing. Right. I'm yeah. beating like, are you really bluffing for 10 K? You're giving me 10 to one. Seems hard to imagine, but you're you calling, might th- you're calling like, with a, four. you throw it in anyway. Cause who cares? Yeah. Right. That's the thing. I'm wondering if ACE high does the same thing. It could because all the draws missed. Yeah. It could queen high, which I actually has is the hand that you can beat. But by the way, what are the queen highs? It's queen, queen, Jack, queen, Jack made a straight. Well, fuck <laughs> queen X, queen, queen eight, shitty, queen eight, queen seven, queen five suited. That's, Queen, queen three, queen two. Yeah. Deuce. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't think this is good. I think this is bad is what I'm getting at. Okay. Here's the only reason to do this, because I agree with you based on what we just said. This can't be good from a fold equity point of view, even with the odds we're giving ourselves right. to get this fold. We're giving ourselves almost 10 to 1. It's magical. Yeah. Um, we need to win this one out of 11 times, right? Yeah. We have to get a fold one out of 11 times, but I don't know if we do. Yeah. Uh, but one other thing can happen besides a fold that, that, I mean, it's not good though. Like we induce, but we've got Jack high. Yeah. So that's not good either. If we had any kind of a hand, suddenly it's interesting again, but we have Jack high. From a direct fold equity for this bet alone perspective, I think it's bad. Me too. I um, agree. Maybe there's a greater plan at work and we're going to get to that. Okay. Well, the life-changing events are... Have begun. All right. Is what I'm saying. So, so, so far, we're not a big fan of what Hecklin's doing here. So far. Although but if there's a greater plan in place, right. but how could there be? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's different, at least. It's cool to see, but it feels probably wrong. Super fancy. Yeah. Speaking of like super fancy plays. Speaking of which, Ibinger is going to race. Yeah, because he's like, come on. Yeah. Now, is that a good idea? I think. Yes. I think it is only because of his hand. Right. He, it's a bad idea if he has ace three. Right. Because he blocks nothing. But this way, he blocks both straights. I mean, having the queen feels like such a great card. Also, the eight. The eight is nice. The queen is well, seven, magical. Well, because seven, eight is also a straight. Of course. Yeah. But like seven, eight it often is going to show up some level of strength before this or on the river even. Yeah. 
But um, but having the queen is like it's just nice to block the nuts. It's always nice to block the nuts. We're never folding out seven eight. Obviously, no, that's fine. But we're blocking seven eight, so that's good. Sure, I'm just saying. Okay, fine. I don't think queen I think, x. I think I think that this play is kamikaze enough that you shouldn't do it without the eight. Like having the queen is more important than really? having the eight. But I think you, you should. want to have queen eight or queen seven or jack eight or jack seven. Those are the only time yes. you're willing to do it as a bluff. Yes. I think that's crazy because we're going to raise a fair that's amount. That's 48 combos. You're 48 combos. We're going we're gonna to raise this a fair amount when he only bets 10K. Well, right? You're bulldozing my point, which is actually a wow. really good one. That's 48 combos. Right. How many value how combos? Am I, how am I bulldozing your point? I'm, a, I'm answering what you're just asking. You're bulldozing I just, me. I literally just said we're going to raise this a fair amount at a time, right? Because he only bet 10K. That's yeah. getting into the value combos. But yeah. you're acting like I'm bulldozing Stop you. Stop bulldozing me. You're too emotional. Stop silencing me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't mean that. What I'm saying is we don't need to add more bluffs when we already have 48 combos. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Okay. You're bulldozing me. Go ahead. Um, I think we're actually going to raise a lot of value here because he only bets 10K. You know this. Like when someone does this and you've got a pre- even a pretty good hand, you're like, I'm, not, I'm treating it as a check and I'm going to bet a real amount. Right? Uh, I don't know if this is quite that scenario. You're really just going to raise King Jack? I think it's interesting to get called by a 10. You think he's going to play a 10 like this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe when he bets 10 K, maybe he could play a lot of one pair hands like this. You think he's calling with all his ace highs when he bets 10 K? I, I was, I'm concerned that he is. I don't necessarily think that he is. I mean, you, you said you thought it was a bad bet getting, giving yourself 11 to one to get him to fold. Right. So you thought he's calling with all his ace highs. Basically. Uh, no, I did not necessarily. I thought, I thought that was part of why it could be a bad bet. Yeah. But there's a lot of other hands that can call that are better than ace high. Sure. That, which sure. is the main problem, not the ace high. Okay. That we're, we, we're often talking on the margins and that's where we focus our discussion. That doesn't mean it's the majority of the combos that we're talking about. But I feel like if we're do if we're talking about him getting, we're giving him 11 to one to call. Right, because we're because there's ten in there. We bet one. Yeah, he's got eleven to one to call. Like the ace highs are probably going to determine whether it's a whether that's possible. Uh, it's possible, that's but guess. I'm not sure. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We certainly haven't gotten into the yeah. combos of that, and we're not going to. Yeah, because who wants to do that? Yeah, when we can argue about other things. Okay, so the the argument I'm making now is that you wouldn't yes. raise King Jack if you're Ibinger, and. I'm forcing you into the perspective of, of arguing for it, but you don't have to if you don't want to. I want to at least try. Okay. I don't know if I'm actually on this side. Okay. I, I acknowledge this before I start. Okay. Let's start with, before we get to King Jack, let's start with 6-4. Now, I don't know how we ever have 6-4 based on how we played this, but just let's say somehow we lost our mind and checked the turn with 6-4. Okay. We're never going to do that, but let's just say we did and he bets 10K. We're raising 6-4 on the river, right? We have yes, two pair of bets 10K. So. Okay, great. So this is... Two pips worse, basically, than six I mean, there's score. pocket aces. Okay, fine. It's three pips worse. Yeah. But maybe it's even four pips. Whatever. It's just a few pips worse, right? There's ace, king, king, queen, pocket aces. So it's, it's four pips worse. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's work our way down. Pocket aces. Are you raising pocket aces? If you bet 10K, I am. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. I think... You know what? I don't know. I'm basing this on thinking that Hecklin has a king sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it'd have to be King X of hearts. That's kind of the only way he has a King. That's not two pair. Um, couldn't it be King? I guess it could be King, king eight, King seven. Yeah, it could be King eight or King seven. Yes. Those hands. Um, it could be King Jack or King queen because he, uh, now that those are good Kings anyway, yeah. but cause he has like overs and, and the, uh, gut shot on the fly. Yeah. So 
admittedly, he doesn't have lots of kings, though. I'll, I'll certainly grant you. Right. That. I don't think I want to raise anything with a king in it if we're trying to get called by a king, basically, because of the blocker scenario. Right. Okay, that's what you're saying. Got yeah. it. But so pocket aces is a yes, but ace king is a no. Is yes. what you're saying. Okay. That's probably what I would okay. would come to. Okay. I understand that. Uh, the blocking scenario is not great. Let's let's ask a secondary question here. If he if oh, Hecklin has a ten, and he bets ten k, and then we raise, what's he doing? Now, obviously, we could raise a different amount. So let's say we do a normal ish raise. So yeah. that would be what in this case, hundred k? No, seventy. Seventy k is a normal ish raise. Yeah. Okay. Because um, how much we bet on the turn? We bet we didn't bet anything on the turn. Okay. Yeah. Seventy k feels about right. What's he doing with the 10? The draw's all missed. I have no idea. We bet a weird amount. I just don't feel like Heckland is actually including a 10 in his range of betting 10K. Because why? Because it feels like the wrong type of hand. That's like a check-calling hand. Why are we trying to squeeze 10K out with a 10? Mm, as opposed to actually collect yeah. a real amount. That's fair. Actually, I kind of I think it's either check-calling in or if we're going to value bet, we should value bet a little more substantially, yeah. to your point. Like, let's bet at least 35K or something. Yeah, I think he usually has... Nothing or a much better hand than a 10. Maybe he could have king seven or king eight because he's worried that that kills the action from certain hands like ace 10. When you say he, you mean Ivinger, right? Hecklin. Oh, Hecklin. Yes. Okay, so I'm glad I asked. Okay. Because we're talking about if Hecklin would bet a 10, right? We were, yes. Yes, and I'm saying I don't think it makes any sense. Okay, could he not be trying to get value out of a nine? Why wouldn't he bet more? Um, okay, no, that's a good question yeah. that I don't have an answer to. Except so, I, think I don't think right. a ten is in the ten k okay. range. Okay, like, so what what else is in the ten k range? So there's bluffs. Yeah, there's straights. Why wouldn't he bet more if he has a king? Then, if we think he's going to bet more if he has a ten, that's a fair point. So maybe he doesn't have a king either. Okay, if he's betting ten k like this, yeah, sometimes he has to have some reasonable one pair hands, right? He just has to. Otherwise, what the hell does he have? I don't know. It's a weird spot. I agree. No, this, we're figuring this out together. Yeah. Uh, he clearly has some bluffs, yeah. as we can see. Yeah. He's got to have some value, too. Maybe a little bit of strong value, but mostly it's going to be kind of weakish medium value, right? When he bets 10K. It just kind of has to be. I think a 10 is weakish medium value. I'm just working this know. out as we I don't talk. know if I agree with that. Okay. I just don't... I just... I feel like it's a more polarized range. Why? When he bets 10K, you think it's a more polarized range? Yeah, because I think he wants certain results with this bet that are better with a polarized range. Like this bet is going to get raised a lot more frequently than a bigger bet, right? No Which question. is good with the North pole of the range. And this bet, when you have bluffs, sometimes you get to fold out the weird hands for the cheapest possible amount. That those things are true. But when you only bet 10 K and you get raised, the raise isn't, well, it depends on who's doing the raising, but often the raise isn't as big and you can almost treat it like it's a normal bet that you're up against. So right? what was the point of the 10 K then? Uh, to induce against a hand that you were going to either get a little bit of value against the worst hand and to sometimes induce. And I don't believe if the you're inducing, check calling. I don't believe the inducing story at all. When the king is the river and the original razor is the other guy in position, like that induces him enough, right? If we wanted to be able to check call, if it's going to be treated like a normal. Ah, bet. That's true. Actually, yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, that makes sense. That does. That is a pretty good card to bluff on for sure. Um, okay. So... So then you just think this is a bad bet. Uh, yes, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, what Ibinger 
needs to have combinatorially for right. bluffs. If he it, like this all came from I'm saying right, I don't right, think right. he should do it with just a queen. I think he needs a seven or an eight with the queen. Right, 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 right. And he if he has queen seven, queen eight, jack seven, and jack eight, I think that's, that's enough. enough. Yes, because then because and the, ultimately because you that think is the source. Of he's the not target. raising that much value. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's where we started. You're you're totally right. Um, thank you for remembering yeah. that. Uh, okay. So that's pretty reasonable, I have to acknowledge and must admit. Such a satellite thing that doesn't matter at all to the hand that we just got. <laughs> this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. So it always happens this way. This is how it's life-changing, man. Yeah. Can you feel yourself hovering above the floor? Uh, I'm, I'm really curious if a... Uh, if a king, if king queen is raising here, though, I like I understand all the things you just said. I'm still curious, like if in practice, when 10k is bet, if it's just going to be raised a lot. I don't know the answer. Well, if like, have, I block it, yeah, 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 it's 10k. I'm all right, if it. you want to do combos, okay. we can do combos. All right, so we have 48 bluffs, right? Sure. Like we're not going to assume anything previous excludes hands for now. We're just saying hands that exist. We actually have more than 48 bluffs. I mean, this is sort of bolstering your point of view. It's uh, 64 bluffs, isn't it? Because it's four times. Oh, yeah. It's 64. Yeah. yeah I was so doing that. even better. I was doing three times. So yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. You're right. 64 bluffs. Okay. There's no way we're getting there. Like, even if we had king, king, queen, right? That's 12 combos, 12 combos of ace, king, six combos of aces. So we're at 30 there. And then, like, we want to have a bit more value than bluffs in this spot, right? For Ivinger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. So then we have all the sets, which I guess... We don't have that many of them. We check back the yeah. turn. We have some. Yeah. But and then weird. Two, two pair hands also are kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, pocket aces, a lot of these hands don't make sense. Right. Like pocket aces are usually betting but, the turn. But to be fair, yes. a lot of the straight draws would have bet the turn too. That's expect. true. Yeah. We wanted Ivinger to bet the turn with one of those straight draws, which are included in the 64 bluff combos. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we can't, so we should that's just right. do the full combos anyway. Okay. Because, that's fair. Like, and not exclude them based on play. Okay. We can go through it, but I'm imagining it, if it's more than 64, it's not a lot more than 64 that we get to in value combos. Yeah. And the truth is, like you said, we want to have more value than bluffs anyway, right? Yeah. So, so to your point, then I guess we, we, the queen, queen seven, queen eight, jack seven, jack eight is probably, probably too many bluffs, if anything. Like, we probably can't bet them all but if, it's if nice, we're trying to be balanced. But it's nice that at least he has one of those. Right. So ultimately, none of this discussion matters because Ibinger does have one of the hands that fits in the realm of our idea of what are okay bluffs. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and maybe, it, maybe it for Ibinger, it's even something like, boy, he bet 10K, I want to bluff, should I? And he's like, oh, well, this hand, it's an easy yes. And yeah. maybe, maybe sometimes he's going to bluff with some other hands too because he thinks based on you know, whatever he's picking up, based on history, all that kind of stuff. But this hand is like demands he bluffs in this spot. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So he does. He makes it 70K. Hallelujah. Yeah. I feel like it's a good play. I feel like yeah. uh, it's a bad play if you have no blockers, but he has the right blockers, and so it's a good play. This seems like it has to be a good play. All right. Well, guess what? Hecklin also has one of those 64 combos. Yeah, he does. So he's going to go ahead and move all in. I mean, this is really something. He moves all in. Obviously, I mean, her snap folds. Is this good or is it just fancy and spewy? I'm not sure. Here's, here's what I'm aware of. Not only, okay, we've got the blockers, which is nice. We also are probably imagining that based on the action of the hand, Queen Jack isn't very often in Ibinger's range. Because he's going to bet the turn a lot? You just assume he's going to bet the turn a lot, right? Yeah. With overs and Queen Jack there? I mean, isn't he just going to do that? So not only do we have a blocker to that, 
And, and seven eight, we can almost certainly throw out. Like right. he would have bet the turn was seven eight yeah, almost always, and think. we have an eight. But who cares? Yeah. Like the seven eight, the the, the, turn, the action more than takes care of that. So then it's like even easier to pull the trigger here. Is what I'm saying. We have the blockers. That's a cool extra luxury and probably necessary to have a jack or queen or hand to really do this. But like, I don't need like. Does this guy? This guy just doesn't have a straight almost ever, does he? All right, so let's talk about the bottom of our value range as yeah. Ibinger. What is Ibinger doing with aces when Hecklin moves in? Folding. Are, so we're getting him to fold, so that's good. What's yeah. he doing with 6-4? Uh, Folding. Where does it start with the calls? Sets? Is he calling sets? Well, we have to ask ourselves as Ibinger, do we have straights as played? And if we don't, we have to call with sets. Yeah. And if we, you know, we just have to, right? Unless, right. unless we're going to be cool and call with King Jack because we block the nuts and fold sets, but I don't... There's too many combos of the nuts, I think, for that to work out. Like, we go from 16 combos to 12 combos. That's yeah. cool to knock it down, but, like... I imagine if we have stra- straights, we also have sets as played. They're both strange to get here this way. You're right. You're right. And, like, even a set of kings, we usually bet that on the turn. So sets are really hard, too. Yeah. Yeah. So now, okay, so then we're down to two pair. But again, king nine, is that, like, the best two pair we usually have here? I guess, I guess we can have a little king ten. Is King Nine like kind of the best hand we're ever show up with? See, I think I think this is convincing me this is a good move by Hecklin. Yeah. Because Ibinger checking back the turn really limits his value range. Sure, he's an elite player. He's gonna have some weird stuff that he shows up with that are easy snap calls for him. But due to the check back on the turn, Hecklin can be confident that it's a small part of the range that can snap call. I think yeah. There I have one problem with it. Go. Don't have to go all in. Ah, how much? So he goes all in for how much? Three forty-one over seventy. Right. I think you get the similar results at like two forty, two fifty. Yeah, I think two fifty will do it for sure. Like if he's calling two fifty, he's calling three forty-one. Yeah, and if he's folding, he's folding. I think that's great. I think the idea is good because yeah. of Ibinger's weakened range and our blockers. But I think the sizing is bad. Yeah, and just to be clear, if he makes it two fifty. He's going to leave himself 11 blinds instead of zero. Like, yeah. wow, what a difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And actually, it looks a little more believable, too. Like, both, whatever, it doesn't matter in this case. And usually, it isn't going to matter. Like, yeah. usually, a three bet is just going to get through to the, to the degree it's going to get through. But, like, the all-in looks a little more desperate because it's a little bigger than it has to be, right? Yeah. Now, again, sometimes these guys double reverse that and right. over bet and stuff like that. That's fine. But still, like, geez. <laughs> yeah like if you're sitting there with your with your king if somehow you have queen jack and your your heckling and you just got raised and you're like cool i get to three bet are you afraid to put it all in because you're like am i gonna fold out some sets here am i gonna fold out some two pairs like yeah. you might two now 250 maybe we'll do the same thing ultimately but like you feel like you want to get 250 those, should be the always sizing here yeah i, I agree whether you have it or not right yeah. that's what i'm saying that's yeah. exactly what i'm getting to is like you want to give king king x King two kings up a chance to call. Yeah, I think in reality they probably always fold unless it says unless the guy knows like I literally never show up with a better hand and then maybe you call with maybe you call with the king with the blocker instead though instead of king nine. Yeah, probably, but that's not my main concern with no. the sizing. It's more about the times when you don't have it. You have to right. make it two fifty when you do have it to protect yourself in the times that you don't because right. you would need to leave yourself with those eleven blinds because the expected value of that is enormous because of ICM. Absolutely. Tournament life has so much more value than individual chips. There's 17 players left too. Like those yeah. 11, those 11 blinds matter. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, you can easily win this tournament still. Yeah. If you get called instead of you're out. Yeah. That's huge. Big difference. This is a 250 K buy-in. So I think that's a big, a big mistake. By I Hackley. agree. But I, agree. I, but I think ideal wise against the range that I is mostly 
representing here. This is a good idea by Hecklin once he gets here, once Ivinger raises. It's quite a parlay to get the 10K in there, which we didn't like the 10K on, on its own for the sake mm-hmm. of the fold equity, to get the raise. Now, maybe he knows something about Ivinger. Maybe he knows sure. Ivinger can't help it. And I was thinking that. I didn't want to say because I knew it was going to happen, but I was thinking that the whole time. It's like, but he's I don't like think we have good evidence to... Out there. I don't think we have good evidence to say that Ivinger can't help it. He's a guy who's an elite player with $10 million in earnings. He has the perfect blockers. He like, does. If he can't help it, he's also doing it with Ace 3. I don't think he is, mm-hmm. is my guess, mm-hmm. right? So I think overall, the plan is a little bit too convoluted. But once we get the raise from Ibinger, it is correct to 3-bet, is mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree. So at the beginning of this whole podcast, I said lives are going to change. And I have to say, my life is actually a little different. How so? Well, we talked about that fancy play thing and being afraid of being played back at when we do fancy weird stuff and sort of got pretty clear that we think people don't really play back as much as we think. And maybe we should. But then in the same hand, somebody did play back. Well, okay, that's fine. But but overall, we still think that's true, right? Yeah. Um, So that also, this is something we've talked about before for sure, is like the all-in versus a smaller bet, yeah. uh, bluffing or not so on the river. But like clarifying that a little more, I was just thinking about how, uh, when you were saying it, that we often talk about how we think guy, people should bet more and bigger in mm-hmm. certain spots, usually pre-flop, on the flop, whatever. Yeah. Not always on the flop, but there's a lot of places where we think people don't size it up enough. But river, river bets, often we think they size too much. Yeah. And like this is a perfect example of that. And you don't need to send in a tank to do the job of like a, a guy with a dog. Like send in the guy with the dog. That way, you know, they're expendable. And they can go down alleyways and stuff. Yeah, they're flexible, man. They yeah. can they can contort themselves in all sorts of positions. <laughs> yeah. It's an acrobatic dog. <laughs> I hope that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs>